Welcome to the Keto Lifestyle Podcast, hosted by nutritional coach Jessica Tai, where we are dedicated to promoting health and overall well being through nutrition, specifically the ketogenic diet. We will provide you with all the latest science in nutrition, interviews with experts in the health and wellness field, and answer all your burning questions so you can find optimal health. This podcast is not intended to be used as medical advice and is to be used for informational purposes only. Please contact your doctor with any and all medical questions. Now here's Jessica. Hello and welcome to this episode number 103 of the Keto Lifestyle Podcast. I am your host, Jessica Tai. Welcome, welcome. As always, I am very excited to be here with you guys today. And I have some fun announcements. So I'm going to try to make this really quick. I know you guys are probably rolling your eyes right now like, yeah, right. Um, I know I can be long-winded. And the really funny thing is, is my, you know, I know like my mom used to say this, be like, oh, she just likes to hear herself talk. I actually hate to hear myself talk. <laughs> like I never go back and listen to my podcast episodes. I only listen to what I have to in order to be able to put these, you know, do the editing and put them out. Like seriously, I can't stand to listen to myself. So anyway, I'm so glad that you guys <laughs> tune in that you don't feel that way. Um, or at least you don't feel that way enough to not listen. Okay. So I do want to give you guys, I've got some really quick information. I want to just hammer out, stay, stay tuned. Okay. Cause I have some really exciting stuff to mention. And this episode today, the interview I have is with a listener, just like yourself, who wrote in and had some questions that are very similar to, uh, to questions I get answered very often. And I thought this is going to be amazing. The, my listeners are going to love this. Um, it'll, it'll, I think it's going to really resonate with you guys and you are going to just be able to listen to someone that is going through the same things that you are going through and that have, you have been through and um, get some answers. So this is gonna be awesome. Okay, so stay tuned because that, that interview is coming up, but after these announcements. So number one, I want to mention that you may have noticed that the podcast has been coming out a little bit sporadic. Now I did take time off for the holidays. So like mid December through mid January, I took off completely, um, largely in part to my daughter having, um, was hospitalized again in November, our youngest daughter. And, um, she has uh, a lot of chronic health issues. Um, she has a genetic syndrome as well as epilepsy and some other um, health uh, struggles that she has. And um, we received a new diagnosis actually just this past week um, that in addition to all the other things that she's struggling with, she now has a new diagnosis of another chronic degenerative illness that she is dealing with. Um, is quite devastating to our family, as you might imagine. It's been very hard. We are trying to just, um, you know, brush ourselves off and get up and keep moving forward. Um, but there are a lot of new unknowns and challenges coming, and um, it's pretty scary. So um, we are. We've been really. I, I've been kind of consumed with that. And while I want very much to focus on my business and, and, and you guys and getting this stuff out. This is, I love this. This is my passion. Obviously my family, my children have to come first. So, uh, I've been trying to, to kind of balance the two and it's really hard. So I've made some decisions that, uh, that I have to implement. And one of them is going to be that going forward, I will be releasing a new podcast episode every other week instead of every week. Now that could change 
based on my availability or anything happening with my daughter or whatnot. I really love putting this podcast out. I so appreciate the emails that you guys send me um, telling me how much they mean to you and how they've helped you in your journey and your life, um, your family's lives. So I just feel like this is a calling on my life. I want to be able to provide this for you. So I am going to do my very best to keep doing this, but I'm just going to have to limit what I'm putting into this because I, there's only so much of me to go around and I need to be able to provide um, first and foremost to my kids and my family. So I want to make that announcement. So that's number one. Number two, um, we are going to do a second annual Keto at the Cabin. I'm so excited. (laughs) So this was one thing. I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to do it, if I was going to be able to get it out there um, because of all the things that are going on. I had a lot of requests from you guys. Thank you so much for caring and like being excited about it and wanting to be part of this. So I've had a lot of requests about it and um, yes, I am going to do it. So this year is going to be a little bit different. We are going to, first of all, it's going to be Saturday, March 7th. 2020, second annual Keto at the Cabin Retreat. There will be no overnight this time. So last year we did uh, overnight Friday and Saturday night and it was a whole weekend long event. Um, it was really fun, it was great. Uh, I was, I, it was just amazing. Uh, it did wipe me out like completely <laughs> for like the next two weeks. Um, it was a lot. So it was really fun, but we, we did a survey afterwards and all of the information that we got back from those that attended, first of all, was that it was amazing. Everybody loved it. It was incredible. So that was great. And we took the things that they said were made the most impact and that they liked the most. And that is what we are doing on this year's retreat. So on Saturday, it will start at 8 a.m. And it's going to start with breakfast because one of the number one things that people loved was the meal time. We prepped meals, cooked meals, and ate meals together. That was incredible. Everybody loved that. Um, So we are going to cook breakfast, lunch, and dinner together, and we will be eating all three meals. So the event will take place from uh, 8 a.m. to about 7 p.m. on Saturday, March 7th. So this is a true VIP event, meaning there are very limited, like 10 spots available. So Last year I had a waiting list. Um, Many, many people tried to get in and it was too late. We had booked it. So um, you are the first to hear about this. If you are a podcast listener, you are the first to hear. Um, I will be posting it on social media today or tomorrow, but you guys are first. So if you are interested, you can run over right now to jessicatai.com and you can click on the link keto at the cabin and you can sign up there. You will fill out your information and then you will get an email telling you how to go ahead and submit your payment. Okay. Um, we do it that way so that I can manage the amount of people that are coming. Um, because last year uh, it got a little out of hand with everybody trying to sign up at the same time. So it truly is first come first serve. So the first emails I get, those are the first people that get the chance to pay. Um, you are not reserved until you have paid. So, um, this is the only way I know how to manage it. So we will accept payment via PayPal and Venmo only. Um, so that will, that's how you're going to do that. So if you're interested, go over to that. You can also reach the link by hitting branch hill cabin dot com forward slash keto cabin. Again, that's branch B R A N C H Hill H I L L cabin dot com forward slash keto cabin. Okay. So that is the cabin here at Branch Hill Estate, which is my personal property where we will be doing the cabin or the retreat again at the cabin. All right. So the other 
uh, exciting part about this is I want to give you guys a teaser on some of the people that will be here this year. Last year, our experts were awesome. We had so much fun. These are experts in the health and wellness, keto, low carb, uh, holistic, whatever you want to say, all of that community that you guys probably know very well. We will, this year, we have confirmed Danny Vega from Fat Fueled Family. He might be bringing Mara, but right now I think it's a no. Um, I believe she has another engagement at the same time, but definitely um, still a possibility, I believe, but Danny will be here. So I'm super excited. I love their family, love them. They are such awesome people. So um, he will be here again this year. We will have Robert and Crystal Sykes. Uh, so they have since been married since last year's keto retreat, um, Crystal Love. Uh, so now it's Crystal Sykes. So Robert and Crystal will be here. And of course that is Keto Savage. Um, you will now Team Savage. You will um, love them if you don't know them you, oh my gosh, they're just amazing, amazing couple, amazing people. And they just give so much of themselves. Danny does as well. And then we also have Trent Holbert, his wife, Mandy will be joining him. And Trent is the, uh, does a podcast as well. He's fit for the kingdom. Trent is amazing. He has a book coming out and, Oh, just another amazing, amazing resource in this community. We have some other guests that will also be joining us, but I don't have confirmations yet. So I don't want to tell you 100%, but you can keep an eye on the website if you do sign up or whatever. And those will be, I will post those as soon as we have them. So it's going to be awesome. You're going to have direct access to all of these people all day long throughout. We will be cooking together. They will be cooking. They will be talking. We will be interacting. We'll be question and answer sessions. We'll be hanging out at the same dining room table eating together. So it's awesome. It is such a really great weekend. So I don't want to spend too much more time on that but I hope that you guys will join us. That is going to just be, it's so much fun. I can't, I mean, it is life-changing for real. It's so much fun. Okay, so that's Keto at the Cabin. And the last thing I wanna to announce today is I am starting group classes. So biggest struggle that I have is one woman show, not enough hours in the day. I still need to have some of myself for my family and <laughs> and uh, my other you know obligations in life. So um, I'm always on a wait list for the one-on-one -on -one coaching, and I feel terrible about that. It's very difficult to um, for people to wait. They, you know they want to do something now and they, they don't want to wait. And I totally get that. And I don't want them to have to wait on me. Um, like, you know, if you call me and you're like, Hey, I, I really want to coach with you. And I tell you, sorry, I can't get you in until, you know, April, that kind of stinks. Like you don't want to wait till April. You want change now. Um, and I don't blame you. I wouldn't want to wait either. So this is the only way that I could see to be able to help people where they are right now, be able to reach as many people as I can in an effective manner, uh, and, and be able to do pretty much everything that I would do in one-on-one -on -one coaching, but in a group setting, which to be quite honest with you is my preferred way. Anyway, I love it. I come alive in those types of settings. Um, I just, I love the interaction. I love the community. So that's what we're going to do. So I'm super excited about this as well. You can go to jessicatai.com to sign up for the group classes. They will begin next week. What we're going to do is it will be a monthly, um, fee. You just pay per month and you can just just continue it whenever you feel like you're done, you've had enough coaching, whatever. And it is only $19.95 a month for right now. That will change, but for right now, I'm keeping the price super low. Let you guys get in and um, kind of see, you guys will, the first adopters get a price break because kind of a 
test the waters thing, right? Like I gotta, I gotta kind of figure out, you know, I'm sure there'll be little hiccups along the way. We gotta kind of figure out how this works. Um, so that's what we're gonna do. So only $19.95 a month, you will sign up on my website. There is a form there. If you just click on the link in the middle of the page that says sign up for group classes, you can sign up for that. There's some freebies that you'll get, some great PDFs that I have, um, come up with and you'll have those for free that will uh, be at your disposal. You'll sign up, you'll pay via credit card and you'll be enrolled. And you'll also get access to my private Facebook group, which you can only join if you have coached with me or joined one of my classes. So you'll be able to join that group and then you will have access to me through that group 24 seven. You can ask questions. Um, I do Facebook lives in there. You, all of that fun stuff, right? In addition, we will have a set class, one hour class, two days a week, that you can jump on the Zoom call. You will have a private link that will allow you to be able to join in the class. It will be Tuesdays at 1 p.m., that's Eastern time, and then Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern time. So you'll be able to jump in both of those, or one of those, or none of those, however you want to, however you want to do it. You can jump in, we'll have discussion. This is not just keto, guys. So if you're keto, that's great. You're still gonna love this because that's, you know, that's my wheelhouse, right? So you can ask any of those questions you want. We will work on all of that kind of stuff. We're gonna be going over all the basics, but it is going to be very focused on nutrition in general and lifestyle in general. Um, of course, keeping in mind being at a healthful weight, keeping your insulin in check, your blood sugar in check, um, you know, how you can just better yourself, have the best health that you can have, help you um, with any kind of health concerns that you're having. And in addition to this, um, I'm offering with this uh, class enrollment, you will get a free, um, you'll get the ability to for free do what I do with all of my one-on-one -on -one clients, which um, through an online program, you will fill out, it's called the Nutritional Assessment Questionnaire. It's a very in-depth um program, you'll go in, you'll fill out all these questions and it will give you results that will tell you kind of what systems in your body need the most assistance. Like what things, um, you know, what things are you dealing with that you may not even know are going on in the background that need the most attention. So you may think that you're tired because you're not getting enough sleep, but you may find out from this, uh, from this program that actually you're tired because your hormones are out of whack or um, you're not digesting food properly. And so you're just not, you're just nutrient deficient. So there's, it's just such a, it's really difficult for me to explain to you in a way that you would even possibly understand how amazing this program is, but it is really amazing. And then the cool thing is, is as long as you are part of this class, as long as you're enrolled in my class, you will have the ability to continue to do these. So usually with clients, I will do one when we start. And then after they've implemented some of these lifestyle and nutrition changes, we'll do another one, two, three, four months down the road. And you can see graphed out for you to easily look at exactly what your changes have done for you. And it is so encouraging because you can see, even if you feel like, I don't even know if this is making any difference, like I'm not really sure, you can look at it on this graph and be like, oh my gosh, look at how all these things have kind of started to fall into place and, and I'm, I'm healthier than I was when I started. So um, it's, it's really encouraging, it's a really great thing to do. So that will be offered to you as well um, as part of this class. So I'm pretty excited about that. Okay, so that's pretty much all I wanted to tell you guys about all of this. 
So I don't wanna keep any more. I know we're like 15 minutes in and all I've given you is announcements. So let's get to today's interview with Melanie. You are going to love it. Hey, so welcome to the Keto Lifestyle Podcast. This is your host, Jessica Tai. And here with me today, I have a very special guest that I'm excited to share with you guys. Um, she is a longtime listener and she hails from Kansas City. Her name is Melanie Fido. And as I'm saying that, Melanie, I'm like, oh man, I hope I'm getting that right after I just <laughs> how to pronounce it. <laughs> you did. <laughs> All right. Great. Well, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you very much. So um, I'm excited to have you on here because you had sent me a little while back a, a great email and it, so many of the things that you wrote about um, are very common questions that a lot of people have. Um, I get emails written in that are very similar. I'll have, you know, when we do, um, if I do classes or um, meet people, a, a lot of the same questions that you asked come up. And so I thought it would be really great to have you on um, and just have you kind of talk through all of this with me. I thought it would be more fun for the listeners. And you were a great sport and said, yeah, sure, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So I'm um, excited to have you on here. But before we kind of get to the email and some of the things you wrote about, if you don't mind um, just giving the listeners just a little bit of a background on you um, so they kind of understand, uh, you know, kind of who you are and, and where you are kind of in this uh, keto or just health and wellness journey. Sure. Absolutely. Um, so First off, I am a two-time cancer survivor. I was diagnosed with breast cancer in 2008 and then um, melanoma in um, 2016, I believe. Um, so I say that because what really brought me to keto is um, the sugar-free aspect. But um, I have struggled with my weight um, for the, probably the last 20, 25 years of my life. I went on Weight Watchers a few years ago. Um, I was successful in that. It took me about a year and a half to lose 63 pounds. That was um, a total high carb, low fat diet. Um, and then I just, you know, the more I researched and everything, I, I really discovered that sugar is kind of the enemy um, and is not good for probably somebody who's had cancer. So, um, so that's kind of what brought me to change the way I was eating, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, in addition to that, my, my dad had gotten sick a few years ago, and so I spent a lot of time in the hospital, was eating out of vending machines. Mm -hmm. um, my travel with work got really, really hectic. Um, so, um, so my eating just became horrific. And as a result, I put on about 12 pounds. Mm -hmm. So, um, I started doing some research on keto. I came to your podcast and, um, <laughs> as we've talked about, I've been listening to it faithfully. Um, and there's a lot of great information in there. Um, but one of the things that I struggle with, um, with the keto is while I feel really great, I haven't lost any weight. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and I have a feeling that some of this is, um, related to my gut health that you talk about because I also don't have a gallbladder. Mm -hmm. So, um, so when I started doing keto, um, I knew that that the amount of fat was going to be an issue for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, um, so I, I think I did a pretty good job of really easing into the fat, um, without having too many, um, uh, side effects from that. So, uh -huh. um, so now I eat pretty high fat, um, and I'm able to do so without running to the bathroom, if you will. 
So, yeah. but yeah, so, so I, I don't check my ketones. I've never done that. I don't know if I'm ketosis. I haven't been a hundred percent faithful. Um, mm-hmm. I'll be totally honest. Um, but, but yeah, I just, I don't see success on the scale. Okay. Well, that's good. And that's an honest, um, I mean, and that's not good. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying like, congrats. Okay. That's it. Episodes over. Um, but I'm saying that's good that you are, you're aware of that. You're thinking about that aspect of it and you're, um, you know, you are, you are like thinking through all of this and you're like, okay, like, I don't know, but it's, it is great that you did know to kind of ease into the fats. So mm-hmm. um, that helps a lot. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> to be able to, because that gives your liver basically, um, just for those listeners that are, that maybe don't understand why not having a gallbladder would be a big deal. Um, number one, you probably haven't listened to this podcast because <laughs> I do talk about it a lot. Um, but it's because your gallbladder is basically what holds the bile and bile is what emulsifies fat and helps you, um, just to keep it very simplistic is what allows your body to be able to digest and then use the fat, um, breaks it down into fatty acids and you're able to use it. Um, when you have a gallbladder removed, you can still eat fat and you can still function. Um, it's not you know, it's not a um, life or death organ, obviously, um, mm-hmm. but it is what holds the excess bile. So your liver actually produces it. And then your gallbladder is like the holding tank. And then when you need uh, to have this bile, your gallbladder will release it and then you are able to use it. Now your liver can also um, can do it on its own. It doesn't need the gallbladder to be able to hold excess, but what happens is you don't have as much, um, and the liver kind of trickles out and, um, it's not able to have a bunch on hand. So when you go to Mm. like something like a keto diet where your fats are higher, it does not mean that your liver cannot handle it, but it often needs help being able to ramp up that production. Um, because it's not used to having to make at that much bile on, Mm -hmm. on call, if you will. So um, that's kind of where the problem comes in. So definitely the, the number one recommendation, um, or one of the top two recommendations I would say is like you did as you ease into it, um, if you're going to up your fats. So that gives your liver mm-hmm. time to adjust and start making a little bit more. And then secondly would be to take an ox bile, um, supplement, which is exactly what it sounds like. Um, it's the bile from an ox <laughs> and, um, but, but it works, um, it works the same way our bile reserves would. So you take that when you eat a fatty meal and that is able to, um, it provides your body with the additional bile that it needs to help break that down. So um, those are kind of the two recommendations that I usually tell people. And you don't have to always be on an ox bile supplement. Um, I get that question a lot. I do recommend that people do that um, for a while in the beginning and then, um, kind of ease off of it and see if they have any symptoms. Um, but that just kind of helps, uh, the body to, to be able to digest that fat and not stress the body out or, um, have a buildup of triglycerides, um, because that can happen if you're not able to digest your fats. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, so it sounds like you are kind of past that whole point and you're digesting the fats and you don't seem to have any problems with that currently. Right. Yes, that's correct. I mean, it's, it's, um, it does happen every once in a while. Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, but not even weekly anymore. So, okay. So it's more rare. Uh Okay. And then, um, so 
I know you'd asked a little bit about that. So that that's number one. So I think that's uh, really good to get that out there. Um, and then talking about you not knowing if you're actually in ketosis or not um, mm -hmm. is definitely the only way you're really going to know that is if you test. Um, okay. And so I know a lot of people don't necessarily want to test or don't want to invest in doing it, especially if you're like, well, I don't really want to buy this, you know, this glucometer um, and then these strips and it's not super cheap. I mean, you're going to be into at least a hundred, maybe even a little more than a hundred dollars just to even get started um, being able to test your blood. And then especially if you're not a person that gets into that thing, that type of thing, and you think, well, I'm not going to ever use it again <laughs> once I find <laughs> out if I'm in ketosis. So that's going to be a big uh -huh. waste of money. Um, but one thing that I would definitely suggest um, to you and to listeners um, is I think getting something like a Keto Mojo or there's other different ones on the market now is actually a, it's a good investment more for being able to measure your glucose than being able to measure ketones. Mm -hmm. So I think measuring ketones are great. And you know, the, the, the kind of keto coach part of me comes out and says, yeah, absolutely. You need to know, especially in the beginning, um, you need to know if you're in ketosis, like test, figure it out, know what it feels like, know that what you're eating is providing you with what you need to be in ketosis, kind of learn how all that works. But then the nutritional therapist side of me says, everybody should have a glucometer. Um, because you should know how foods affect your blood sugar. Um, mm -hmm. It's really important because there are things that you, um, especially when we have been on kind of the yo-yo or crash dieting side of things, like mm -hmm. you were mentioning with Weight Watchers, which I think probably everybody listening has been there um, and done right. that. Uh, we can we can just really kind of lose touch with what how different foods affect us, or because we've done those types of diets. Um, different mm -hmm. foods that we don't think are going to affect us negatively, especially our blood sugar can, um, mm -hmm. because we can have things like insulin resistance from years of, of poor eating habits, um, and eating such high sugar, high carbs, low fat, um, mm -hmm. things. So, um, I think that that is important to kind of start to learn that. So, um, if you're listening to this as, as well and you're thinking, you know, I haven't taken the plunge to uh, start testing for ketones, um, I would tell you that it is not a waste of money to get one of these uh, devices because you can test for glucose. And that is something that I will do periodically just to make sure that things are going the way I want them to go, that my fasting blood sugar is where I want it to be. It's a good indicator that things are going well um, in your body. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Well, and you, you know, that you bring up a good point. And, um, so I have, um, diabetes all around my family. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, and I understand that, um, that, uh, that type two, especially is, you know, um, can be your own doing and not necessarily, um, hereditary, which I'm learning that, uh, more and more, but, um, but yeah, yeah I think I will inv invest in one of those, um, yeah, for that and, as well. And you know, um, blood sugar is such an indicator, your blood glucose levels, especially a, at, at rest, like your, um, fasting blood glucose levels are such a good indicator of your overall health. Um, it, when you have higher than normal fasting blood glucose levels, then you are more subject to diseases like cancer, heart disease, diabetes, mm -hmm. um, 
highly inflammatory, you know, chronic inflammatory diseases, um, all of those types of things. So we were talking a little bit before we started, like RA, um, things like mm-hmm. that, all of those things um, are exasperated or come along with higher levels of blood glucose. So it can be a real, either an indicator to you that something is going on, or mm-hmm. it can be uh, just kind of a kind of a yield sign for someone like, whoa, like my blood sugar <laughs> is constantly in this range. I might need to bring, bring this back a little bit. Like maybe I need to start addressing what I'm eating and maybe these things that I think I'm eating that are, you know, I don't think have sugar in them or I don't think are affecting my blood glucose um, actually are. And, and when we are chronically um, calling on insulin all the time, we are, we are setting ourselves up for some really serious uh, potential health outcomes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. So, um, so anyway, I would just say that that is probably something I would do, but then I wanted to address the weight loss. Cause I know this is something that, um, so many people think about and worry about, um, and, and are, it's frustrating because you see on all these different groups on the internet and everything, everybody just talks about, Oh, I went keto and I lost 30 pounds and five days. You oh, know, yeah. you're like, what? You're like, I've been keto for, or I think I'm keto for like the last six months and I, it's not budged. Um, right. I've got, I've got three people here at work that, I mean, one's lost 30 pounds, one, one's lost 45 pounds. And, um, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm just so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. And, and you're, you were right to question the digestive aspect of it, because that is definitely something that can hinder your results on keto. If you cannot digest your food, um, properly, then there, it leads to all sorts of problems. Not the least of which is that you're not getting the nutrients. And so, um, you kind of, I've seen so many clients that'll be like, listen, I'm doing what you told me to do. I'm, you know, I'm eating this way and, but I'm still hungry all the time, or I'm just, I just want a snack. And I, I feel like I don't have any energy and I, everybody talks about how satiated they are and I'm not feeling that way. And I think a big part of that can be that you're, if you're not digesting it, if you're not getting the nutrients, then your body is like, I don't care what you're eating. I'm not getting the nutrients I need. And I'm going to mm-hmm. keep telling you that until you listen. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. So, and that usually comes in the form of cravings and just feeling like you can never eat enough and all that type of thing. So that can be one aspect of it. Of it. Mm-hmm. So making sure that you're uh, digesting your food, which can be solved, you know, a myriad of different ways, um, depending on if it's, you know, a low HCL um, stomach acid issue, or mm-hmm. it's someone like yourself that maybe doesn't have a gallbladder or even mm-hmm. someone who does have a gallbladder, but it is not functioning properly, which is epidemic um, okay. currently. You brought up another point and something I forgot to mention. So I have been on Prevacid for mm. acid reflux for probably the last 25 years. Wow. Uh, yeah. And because um, uh, I have, well I, well, I do have a, I was diagnosed with a hiatal hernia many, many years ago. Uh-huh. Um, so I've, I've been on Prevacid ever since. Um, and if I, I mean, if I don't have it, I'm miserable. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in listening to your podcasts, I've learned that it's, that it's probably a low acid problem versus a yes. high acid problem. Am I correct? Yes, you are absolutely correct. And I will tell you that my husband also about 25 years ago um, suffered uh, with a high anal hernia, hernia. So I know how incredibly painful that is. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, it was terrible for him. And he was on Prevacid for probably about five years. 
Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know if you've ever looked at the box or actually read the information on it, but you are only supposed to be on that medication. It used to say 30 days to not uh-huh. take it more than 30 days in a row. Um, mm-hmm. And we never knew that. And our doctor never told us that. He just mm-hmm. said, here's what you need. This is what it is. And um, and my husband was on that and really never um, never felt like he was healed or anything changed, which would make sense because it wasn't. He was just masking the symptoms and quite honestly making things worse. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, but he knew if he quit taking it, he was just so miserable. He couldn't stand it. Um, right. so, so it was a really hard thing to deal with, but, um, I will send you, uh, off, off air here. Um, when we get done with this, I will send you information on how you can wean yourself off of that. Okay. Um, and it's really not a pleasant process. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you and tell you, oh, you'll be, you'll be done in three days and it's going to be amazing. And you're going to just, you know, right. Like the birds will start singing and, um, it's not going to be like that. It, it is a little bit of a tough process. Um, I've walked through that process with many clients and, um, and it can be hard and it's scary, um, because mm-hmm. nobody wants to feel like that. It hurts. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so, uh, but it, but it can be done. And I definitely would recommend, um, to, I, you know, I can't, since you aren't a client and I, anybody listening uh, to this podcast, you know, I'm not giving anybody that is on Prevacid or any other acid blocker or PPI, um, medical advice. But if I had a client that was on it, I would definitely give this information to them on how to wean themselves off of it and, um, begin healing the gut. Um, and so in this case, you definitely, um, then, then what has happened for you, for sure, um, anytime that you're on an acid blocker like Prevacid, is you are taking down the pH of your stomach acid. And that is super critically important for digestion because um, that pH, when first of all, it's, it's where your, your uh, protein is digested primarily, as in your stomach. Mm-hmm. And it has okay. to have that specific pH to be able to do that. But the, but the, the issues don't end there. So it's not like, well, if you don't digest protein properly, which is why you get heartburn and acid reflux and all of these things, because the, the, um, protein will sit in your stomach and it basically putrefies. And then those gases, um, are what go up into your esophagus and what burns and hurts and doesn't feel good. And, or the fact that you're that your stomach acid, you have stomach acid and it is still very acidic, but it isn't acidic enough to close the flap on your on your esophagus that would typically close off um, when you eat so that those juices, gases, all those things that acid doesn't go back up into your esophagus and therefore burn. Um, and the reason mm-hmm. it burns is it is intended to digest protein. And that is what your esophagus is. <laughs> so, <Right. laughs> so it burns and it creates things like hernias and ulcers and um, those types of things. So, um, so it's multifaceted as to why somebody could be dealing with a multi- multitude of different um, symptoms <clears throat> when they have mm-hmm. low stomach acid. But then the downstream effects also happen. And so in a case like you, I would be wondering, you know, how long was that going on before they realized it? And how much of that is what affected your uh, gallbladder? Because when you're, the rest of your digestive system does not get <laughs> the signaling of the pH, it has to be a very specific pH 
uh, level, then you, your other digestive enzymes that your pancreas releases don't release um, or if they do, it's very slow or they barely are released. It doesn't trigger your gallbladder to release the bile so that your liver can properly um, you know, digest these foods that you're eating, whether they be fats or proteins. Um, so basically the entire process gets messed up and then your gallbladder wow. becomes sluggish. Uh, the bile builds up. It can't it can't squeeze out the bile the way it's supposed to. It's not getting the signals to release the bile the way it's supposed to. And then people end up with gallstones and then it gets very painful. Your, your gallbladder can end up gangrene. So they will, re they'll remove it before mm -hmm. um, they will let that happen, obviously. Um, but many times this can be stopped early on if you start upstream and try to figure out why why do I have gallstones? Why is my gallbladder not functioning properly? Like what's going on? And so, right. if, you know, if you have a, you know, an internist that can, that is looking at the cause versus here's the symptom, let's just fix it, which is typically surgery or a pill. Mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of their answer. But if you have someone that can look upstream and say, okay, let's find out where the breakdown is and what's happening. And it definitely would have been a huge Thing to me had, you know, I don't know how it coincides with your acid blockers, but it would have been a, mm -hmm. that would have been the number one question. Are you having other digestive issues? Um, <laughs> you know, that's so funny because so just in you talking, this was such an aha moment for me really. And how this is all, how this is all connected because that was never explained to me. So I went into the emergency room mm. um, because um, I was having uh, all this sudden pain that literally took my breath away. I was in yeah. tears, etc. So in the emergency room, um, you know, they said, you've got all these gallstones, your gallbladder needs to come out, you know, basically immediately. Um, there was no, there was no talk about any of that. Mm -hmm. um, but what, but, you know, what, when I think about this, and I, I thought it was hereditary, my grandmother had hers out, my mom, mm -hmm. my aunt, my niece had my niece's um, 18. She had her gallbladder out at 17. Mm. Um, and then my, um, she's actually my stepdaughter, but she had hers out um, at 16. Mm. So, but nobody ever said, Hey, let's look at these other things first and maybe try to fix that. Right. And that, so, wow. <laughs> yeah. And that's very, and, and I will tell you, and I think this is where we get kind of tripped up. Um, you're talking about the hereditary part of things and you're not wrong. Um, mm -hmm. there is a hereditary element to it. Um, and in so much as, so my mom, we were again talking about before we started the recording here for this episode is we were talking a little bit about the episode I had with my mom. So my mom has been diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis and she's had that for many, many years. Um, and, and it's, it's an extreme case. I mean, she's, um, really suffered with that for years. And so um, she has also had uh, cancer. She's had skin cancer, um, you know, really awful uh, melanoma removed um, several times um, from her. So, um, so in that uh, realm of things, um, for me, I know that those are two things that I am going to have a hereditary disposition toward. Right. So if my so this is where the epigenetics come in. So this is where if it, it's one thing to say, well, my mom had melanoma and my mom has RA. So therefore it's hereditary. I'm probably going to get it. And I'm just going to, if these things happen, then I'm just going to take, 
you know, I'll do the chemo like they had my mom do. I'll do the surgery to have, you know, chunks of my skin cut off. And that's, you know, at least I'll be alive. Right. And that's, and that's how we feel. And that's how I feel like that's the way our standard Western medicine, our allopathic medicine, that is what they tell us. And that is how we live. Like we live like, well, it's just going to happen. It's just, I mean, how many people have gone to your doctor and you've been told you need to take the test that tells you if you have the gene to have cancer and then we'll know what we need to be, how we need to treat you going forward. And even having breasts removed prior to any, any kind of detection of anything, just because you have a hereditary disposition to it. The, the difference is, and where, where Western medicine does not differentiate and where I believe it is such a disservice to people is as you have seen in your family, for you, it has, there is a hereditary disposition for your gallbladder to need to be removed, or maybe I shouldn't say need to be removed for your gallbladder, for you to get gallstones. Mm-hmm. Um, and for your gallbladder is particularly uh, sensitive to uh, your your environment, to the epigenetics right. that your that it, of your life. So it's your lifestyle. It comes down to um, for for you if you mm-hmm. do Weight Watchers and you are eating low fat, high carb, and basically the standard American diet, right? If you're doing all the things that you think you're supposed to be doing and you're driving in a car and you're uh, living under, um, you know, all these fluorescent lights and you're uh, going to, uh, you know, you're going to sleep and just squeaking by the minimum amount of hours you can get through. I mean, all these things that we do because we're Americans and (laughs) that's Mm -hmm. (laughs) what we do. I mean, we just, we're just going a million miles a minute all the time and blah, 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 blah then eventually for you and for sounds like pretty much everybody in your family that is dealing with the similar things, what gives is their gallbladder. So genetically your gallbladder and, and the genes that make up your body, that is, that's one of the first things that's going to happen. It all, it may be, um, it may also be that a lot of your family has digestive issues in general mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. genetically digestive issues are just one thing that happens to you. For my family, it's not di- digestive issues necessarily. It's joint um, you know, we're, we've got arthritis and rheumatoid arthritis and, um, those types of things, skin issues, um, skin issues are huge in my family. So genetically for me, it's those things. So when, when I am, you know, that's, that's my body's feedback. Uh, that is how, that is what goes first. Um, when it's right. not being treated or fed properly. Right. And so there, so there is truth in the genetic thing, but I just think Mm -hmm. that we are kind of led to believe that here's the hand you're dealt Mm -hmm. and, uh, just sit back and wait for it to get you. Right. And you don't have any other options, you know, like I was, um, yeah, like I said, you know, when you've talked about this in your podcast about when you take your dog to the vet, the first thing they ask is, what are you feeding your dog? Right. Um, I, I was never asked that. I was never asked that. And um, to be given the choice to say, hey, let's look at your tr- nutrition yeah. and, um, you know, maybe you can fix it that way. Yeah. Um, I would have much rather done that than have had all the side effects that I've had without having a gallbladder, um, you know, yeah. up to this point. Right. So, um, so, yeah. 
Yeah. And yeah. so it's, I'm really hoping that this is eye-opening for someone else too that's listening and just says, you know what, mm-hmm. I, you know, because we, I remember going into my gynecologist um, many years ago and um, having some blood work done and the results I was absolutely astonished with because I thought there is no way. I mean, I, I had high cholesterol and at the time I was vegan. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I was wow. low fat. Like I was like, everything was low <laughs> fat. And I literally, I was like, this is crazy. Now, knowing what I know now, I'm mm-hmm. 100% not shocked. I should have had high cholesterol. <laughs> I should have been probably in worse shape than I was. But I remember thinking like, how is this even possible at the time? Because everything I knew told me that if you eat fat, you're going to have high cholesterol. Like you have to stay away from fat and saturated fat. And I thought, oh my gosh, like this is just crazy. Um, But I remember after going over my blood test results, she said to me, I really think that we should test you um, for this cancer gene because uh, you know, you've got cancer in your family, breast cancer, skin cancer, um, Mm -hmm. and genetically uh, you're probably predisposed to it. We need to find out now and we can start taking measures. And I was just thinking at the time I was in my thirties and, mm-hmm. and it, I just remember thinking like, this is, this is crazy. Like, oh my gosh. And I almost did the test. I almost did it. And then I, I said, you know what? I want to talk to my husband. I, I want to think about this and, um, and, and I'll make an appointment to come back in and do it if I decide to do it. And in the end I decided, no, no, I don't want to do that because regardless of what that comes back and says, and this was kind mm-hmm. of the, it was kind of the, the jumping, uh, you know, the, the jumping off platform for me of getting into the whole health and wellness and, and really chasing that down. But, um, it was just that moment where I was like, I, I'm not get I am not going to just bow down to this. Like I'm not like this mm-hmm. cannot be the way it is. I, I don't even want that in my head. If they tell me that, yes, you have this gene, like I don't even want my cells to believe that it's possible. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm just like, no, like I'm going to go home and I'm going to figure this out. And, and that's, that is what I ended up doing. But, um, because I do think, I do know now that we are very much like you were saying type two diabetes you know, I, mm-hmm. I don't want to upset anybody and I, you know, I don't, don't shoot the messenger, but it's 100% brought on by ourselves. 100%. Right. And, right. and it, and it's, but, but often we are led to believe that, oh, well, if your grandpa and your dad and your brother had mm-hmm. it, then you are going to have diabetes, type two diabetes. And that is not true. It's 100% mm-hmm. based on your lifestyle and your nutrition. Mm-hmm. I, so I hopefully, believe that whole wholeheartedly, <laughs> and hopefully that is inspiring to somebody or relieving. You know, I mean, hopefully somebody mm-hmm. listening is mm-hmm. like, "You mean I'm not? I'm not destined to have to have this?" No, you're not. You absolutely are not. There are so many things you can do. Right. And um, right. okay, so we are talking about okay, so we kind of got on on that, which was great. Um, but we were talking about weight loss, and so so one of the things I wanted to go back to on the weight loss. Um, that I think is very important. And I actually have a podcast coming out here very soon about this very topic um, that I'm going to share some personal stories on. Um, so you said that you're not hundred percent sure if you're in ketosis and you're uh-huh. not hundred percent, you know, doing the keto thing. Like sometimes maybe you're um, not following it hundred percent. And mm-hmm. I have to say that, um, in the beginning, when you first start keto specifically, and by the beginning, I mean probably the first, uh, I would say three to six months, mm-hmm. you have to be staunch. Mm-hmm. You cannot dabble. 
Um, because if you dabble, <laughs> not only, uh, not only will I, do I think that you probably will not see any weight loss, maybe a mm-hmm. tiny bit, because sometimes people will still lose a lot of, uh, water weight. Um, but if, if you, you know, so you may see a little bit from that, but, but beyond mm-hmm. that, I think not only will you not see the weight loss, but I've actually seen people gain weight. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and it, and it really does make sense if you think about it, but, um, because if you are eating high fat now and, um, your body needs one of the two fuel sources, right? So you either need to have glucose or you need to have fat. One of the two has to fuel your body. Um, so, and you can run on both, but you need to mm-hmm. have one as your primary source. So, um, if you are trying to get your body to run on fatty acids and be able to utilize that for for fuel, then you really have to teach it how to do that. Um, and that'll take a little bit of time because we've spent most of our lives teaching it how to not use fat <laughs> and, right. you know, cause we've avoided it. So we're like, you don't mm-hmm. need it. Um, you know, gallbladder, uh, backs up and stones form and everything else because we're no longer using that bile because we are not eating fat. So it just sits there. Um, mm-hmm. And so, so we've done, we've, we've gone a long time not using fat. And so it, we, we need a whole different set of enzymes and processes to be able to digest fat and be able to utilize it properly, utilize the fatty acids, and then turn those fatty acids into ketones and have ketone production mm-hmm. that we can run on. So that's a whole process in itself. But um, once we've figured out how to do that, then kind of the goal is to be able to have um, metabolic flexibility. So we can go from using fat and that will be our main fuel source. And we're providing that in the way that we eat when we're keto to mm-hmm. when we don't, uh, when we do have any kind of carbohydrates, we're able to quickly burn through those. And then we go right back to the fat mm-hmm. problem mm-hmm. becomes when we do that too quickly, when we start keto and maybe we'll do a few days or even a week and we're like, man, this is awesome. I'm doing great. And then we're like, well, I'm just going to have a cheat day. And so mm-hmm. that prevents your body from now your body's like, Oh, thank God. She's giving me the carbs again. Like this is fantastic <laughs> because this using this fat has been hard. This has been, mm-hmm. I don't even know what the heck I'm doing. It takes so much more energy because I don't have all the enzymes I need to be able to do this right now. And so great. We've got carbs, super let's use those carbs. Well now what does it do with all that fat? Well, that just gets turned into triglycerides and now that's stored. Right. And right. so and then- yeah. Makes and sense. then you start on Monday. Well, I'll start on Monday, uh-huh. right? So then you start on Monday and then the whole process starts over again. So your body never actually gets into ketosis and you may produce ketones. Um, people can even get those strips, those urine strips and urinate on uh-huh. them and they'll be like, Oh, look at this. I mean, you know, they're purple. Woohoo. I'm, I'm in ketosis. <laughs> All that means is that you're producing ketones and you're mm-hmm. peeing them out but it also probably means that you're not utilizing them or they wouldn't be on that pee strip. So you right. have to give your body enough time to, to learn how to use them and start using them for energy. And once you've done that consistently, that becomes your body's primary fuel source. So then mm-hmm. when you do have a cheat or you, you know, whatever you want to call it, if you do go a little bit over on carbohydrates and, and it does knock you out, momentarily. It's not a big deal. Your body knows what to do with those carbs. It burns through them very quickly. And then it goes right back to the fat. It doesn't wait for more carbs to come in. Meanwhile, storing all that, all that fat that you're bringing in. Right. And, and so, and that's, you know, for me, I've probably been, um, 
doing keto, I'm using air quotes, um, <laughs> six, six, six out of seven days in a uh-huh. week. So, um, and I would have, for the last several weeks, I probably had one really, when I say really bad cheat meal a week, um, but it's consisted of like, oh, somebody brings cake into the office or right. you know, somebody brings this. And, and um, so I've had a hard time resisting that. But um, yes, so I did. I didn't start on Monday. I started last Saturday. So <laughs> <laughs> well, that's brave. You start on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I've made it a commitment that um, that I'm really, really, you know, going to try to, um, to stick with this and not have those cheat meals. Somebody brought donuts into the office today and I've stayed away. <laughs> you know, and, and it's, so. there are so many things that, um, that can trip us up like that. And it is hard. It's really hard in the beginning, but let me just encourage you to let you know that if you stick with it, if you will really stick with it, and I know this seems like a long time, especially if you're kind of used to, well, I'll, I do six days and then like the seventh day, I just, you know, it's okay. I just, I just have to have that seventh day that I can just relax and do what I want to do. If mm-hmm. you will put in the hard work and you'll stick with it like three weeks, so 21 mm-hmm. days, um, mm-hmm. 21 days to a month and really focus your efforts and just be like, I know this is going to be hard. I know I'm going to crave that crap. I know I'm going to want it. I know I'm going to see it and, you know, put some plans in place so that Mm -hmm. when you are in the office and somebody brings in that donut, have some kind of a keto treat with you that Mm -hmm. you can eat in place of that. This is where I especially think that having those types of things, um, like some, some people will say, um, you know, and I, and I did go very hardcore in the beginning for me. I didn't, I didn't have even the keto treats in the beginning, but I think it's different for everybody. And if you need that, especially if you're in that type of environment um, where that stuff is kind of shoved in your face all the time, um, mm-hmm. I think having the keto treat to be able to um, kind of relieve that, uh, that craving is totally mm-hmm. fine. So, mm-hmm. you know, make yourself some peanut butter cups or buy some of these keto. There are so many different keto cookies and bars and, um, you know, I don't think that we should be uh, existing on those and mm-hmm. calling it keto. I, I very much believe in eating real whole foods because your body needs that nutrition. Um, but in those types of situations, you know, have a Lily's bar at your desk and break off a few pieces of that Lily's bar and then call it a day. Be like, all right, I had right. my treat. They're having theirs and that's it. Right. And if you For can me, put, oh, I'm yeah, sorry. if, well, I was going to no. say, if you can put that in and, and when you get to the end of that three weeks, I promise you, it will be so much easier to even be in the same room with somebody eating that donut right in your face. And it sounds, you know, trite, but I promise you, you will be like, I don't even care. I don't even want that donut. I have zero interest in that donut. I mean, it is the truth. You're absolutely right. And for me, um, so once I, you know, when I when I, you know, had that cheat meal or whatever, you know, and then I get back to it by day two or three, I don't crave that anymore. Yes. Um, so for me, it's more mental. It's like, oh my gosh, I love cake so much. And now yeah. it's here. But so, so it's not really even my, my body craving it. I don't think it's, it's my mind playing, you know, playing with me. So, um, yeah. so yeah, so I, I always had a mantra um, when I was on Weight Watchers that I'm really trying to, to um, keep in my head now. And it's, the mantra is don't confuse what you want now with what you want most. Oh, so that's, that's so good. I, yeah, that's what I try to keep in my head now. So that's, 
I, I think I'm in a good place mentally. <laughs> yes. And that, that's such a great mantra. And I hope that everybody is taking notes uh, from me right now. Cause that is great. Um, because that is so true. It's, you know, it's, it reminds me of my mom always used to say to me, a moment on the lips, a lifetime on the hips. <laughs> so true. <laughs> so I that's the more negative, negative version of it. <laughs> but basically, they're both saying the same thing, right? Like, don't right. sacrifice this momentary, fleeting pleasure for what you really want. Like, I don't really want that cake nearly as bad as I want to just feel good in my clothes, you know, right. as much as I just want to feel um, like happy when I, when I uh, get up in the morning and, and my joints aren't hurting. And, and I know that I'm going to have not just a long life, but I'm going to live a healthy long life because I'm putting in the work. I'm keeping that crap out of my body. Um, you know, having a treat, and I'm definitely a big one uh, that talks about, um, you know, not being, this has to be a lifestyle. It cannot feel like a prison sentence. So, you know, mm -hmm. I'm not saying that you can never, ever have a piece of cake again. I mean, Lord knows I do. Um, I just, I don't want to live like that, but I want to know that it's in my control and that I am just going to enjoy it uh, every now and then type of thing. And then I'm not, uh, and because I know that when I do say, well, you know, it's not that big of a deal I, and I, or I love the cake. I just want to taste the cake. That is always a slippery slope for me. Mm -hmm. And, and I end up, and then I am like, you know, before I know it, I've had a weekend bender of sugar and I feel terrible. And then, you know, I, it's just a, it's a bad place for me to go. Um, and right. I think that happens for a lot of people. Right. I agree me included. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and so it's, so I think that's a great mantra. That's awesome to keep that. Um, so just, I guess going back to the, to the weight loss, I really believe that you will start to see some of that go, um, mm -hmm. and, and start moving in the direction that you want it to. If you can really get, kind of get that under control and really stick to it for a while, let your body get really good at using the fat. And unfortunately, um, you do have a little bit of a hindrance there, um, without mm -hmm. the gallbladder. So that, that really does, um, mean a little more work for your body than it, than some of the other organs would normally have to do. So, mm -hmm. um, so giving, you know, a little bit of grace there on the timeline too, and realizing that it may take a little bit longer for your body to kind of get into the groove, but it will do it. It is absolutely capable. Everybody's is. And well, with rare exception, <laughs> I will say right. there are genetic <laughs> dispositions that won't, but with rare exception, um, you will be able to get in the right, you know, the right direction there. Another mm -hmm. really quick thing without going into too much detail is I would say detox, um, is also a really big deal because often our livers, uh, do get very congested. Um, especially when we've had issues like with gallbladder. Um, if you have had gallbladder issues and gallstones, you, there's almost a 100% chance that your liver is also congested um, mm. because it will take the beating before your gallbladder takes the beating. Okay. Um, so I would definitely be thinking about ways, um, I don't want to get into it. It can get, we can get so into the weeds on this, but, um, I do have a few podcasts talking about detox, um, mm -hmm. and not trying to sell my course, but I do have a course that I offer online right now that you can take a self course. So anybody listening can go on to my website and buy that course. And there is an entire module on detoxification. And we go into depth about 
your different detox uh, organs and what you can do to help them detox um, and very much in depth on the liver. Um, because the liver in general is our number one detox organ. And um, among about 500 other things that it does, um, that is one of the uh, main things it's responsible for. So um, if we are, if our liver's congested and, and it's also what is responsible for converting fat into fatty acids that we can use, um, if, if it's congested and is not doing a good job at that, then we are going to have difficulty um, losing weight. We're going to have dis- difficulty um, even being able to uh, get good ketone readings, to be able to get good ketone production, um, cool. get good energy production. So there's, there's so much that goes into this. Um, also, weight loss is very much a hormonal um, Uh, element to it. So it's uh, all about hormonal balance. And if our liver is um, not functioning properly and we're not properly excreting the hormones that we need to be getting rid of, specifically estrogen um, and testosterone, but really estrogen when we're talking weight gain for women, um, we really, really need to make sure that our liver is able to, is properly able to handle that because if we're just recirculating that estrogen, then we can absolutely be holding on to weight that we just cannot possibly lose until we're able to process that estrogen and get that back out of our system. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, and that also, um, I know that you having, um, gone through, um, cancer twice now, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. as I'm sure you're very aware, um, estrogen levels, high estrogen levels are also something that you want to avoid. Um, especially, uh, if you have battled cancer in the past, but just for women in general, um, specifically when we're talking about like breast cancer, um, the, having those, those metabolites being recirculated, that's, it's, um, definitely kind of a recipe for disaster, um, with other environmental effects and things like that, that we can be struggling with. Um, for, yeah, for me, for me personally, one of the, so if it ends in ectomy, chances are I've had it. So, um, <laughs> oh, <goodness>. <laughs> <laughs> um one of the things I didn't mention is I had a full hysterectomy many years ago and okay. I was on, um, estrogen, uh, estrogen replacement. Um, uh-huh. for several years before I was diagnosed with, um, with breast cancer. So I kind of mm-hmm. feel like, you know, of course that was probably a little bit of a factor, yeah. um, you know, back in that day, but, um, sure. but yeah. yeah, so this makes, this makes total sense. Yeah, for sure. And I, we've gotten much more sophisticated now and with now the, um, addition of bioidentical hormone replacement therapy, uh, you know, they're, they've, they've been able to get ways that we can really tweak that and really get more specific about Mm -hmm. um, being able to replace those hormones because we need to be able to replace those hormones, especially when we're younger and have something like a hysterectomy happen. It's, you know, we, we need, there are certain things that we need to be able to have functioning properly. And without those hormones, without our body being able to produce them anymore, um, it can lead to all kinds of other issues. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, back in the day, they would just, you know, here you go, take this and uh, cocktail. And then, we hope it works. We hope that, you know, <laughs> helps. And, uh, you know, hopefully you won't have, you know, be running around in underwear and a, and a tank top because you're having hot flashes 24 seven. Right. Right. Um, right. <laughs> that's pretty much the barometer of, yep, everything's working. Okay. And so, and that's very unfortunate, but the more that we learn and the more, um, you know, the more medicine digs into these things, definitely better. Uh, there's better ways to handle all of that now, but 
Yeah. So, Absolutely. and just making sure that our bodies, you know, that it's, High estrogen is absolutely at epidemic levels right now, not just because of our own estrogen, but of the all these different metabolites that to our body look like and they behave um, like estrogen and they affect the estrogen receptor sites like estrogen would and our body recognizes it as estrogen. So our levels of estrogen are so high, you know, from the plastics and the air that we breathe mm -hmm. and the foods that we're eating. And um, so, yeah, that's a definite something that we definitely need to be thinking about. Um, I was recently talking to one of my good friends who um, is on bioidentical hormones and she struggles with this, has for years. Um, and we've, you know, she had a complete hysterectomy uh, several years ago and she is um, just, gosh, she, she hasn't even turned 40 yet. Um, mm -hmm. So she has really been struggling um, with this for many years. And most recently, she's had super, super high estrogen and super, super high testosterone, and she's gaining weight and she's feeling really awful and she's ketogenic. And um, she's like, you know, we got to get on top of this. And one of the things that she's doing and that again, I've kind of been working with on with her is taking a, a calcium deglucurate um, supplement. So I don't know if you've ever done that um, or heard of that. So. Um, no. so cow, cow deglucurate is one of those. Um, so it helps your liver to clear excess estrogen instead of putting it back into the system. So it is mm -hmm. definitely something that I recommend, um, for any woman who has uh, battled cancer. Um, and then any woman that's struggling with high estrogen levels and kind of those symptoms of high estrogen, like the swollen tender breasts, um, you know, hot flashes, uh, weight gain, uh, bloating, like those types of things um, mm -hmm. that if you haven't tested for estrogen, you probably can know just based on your symptoms, that's probably what's going on. Um, so those can often, it's also a super good thing for men that are struggling with um, man boobs. Mm -hmm. um, because again, that is high estrogen in men. Um, my son, my 16 year old son, actually, um, I had him on the caldeglucurate for about uh, maybe four months and he was having that. He was having the um, enlarged breast tissue and he's a very thin kid. Um, but I think just from environmental and um, in uh, nutritional things. Um, he was mm -hmm. drinking a lot of milk, things like that. We cut the dairy out and cut some other things out and he took that supplement. And within about four months, they were gone. Um, wow. and he was back to normal. Um, so I knew from, from the signs I was seeing on him that he had unusually high estrogen levels. So, um, wow. hopefully that helps, uh, kind of give you another idea of maybe something else that you can do. So, uh, yeah. kind of wrapping up your email and, um, wrapping up this interview here. So I know you've got to, you know, get it back to your day. Um, you said, so what are your thoughts about ketogenic without a gallbladder? So what supplements do you recommend? I definitely would recommend that you do, um, an ox bile supplement. Um, even now, I don't think it's, it's, um, unnecessary for you to be doing that. I think it would be helpful potentially to mm -hmm. you as you're really wanting to get into keto and, and making this your lifestyle. I think it, I don't, it certainly cannot hurt you. Um, so I okay. would say an ox bile supplement would be great and really they're pretty much, um, universal across the board. Um, you know, just get an ox bile supplement and take that every time you eat any meal with fatty food. And then oh, okay. based, based on your other, um, 
digestive issues, specifically the HCL. Um, now, if you were not on an acid blocker, I would tell you to be taking an HCL supplement. So that's an hydrochloric mm -hmm. acid supplement. And uh, the way I generally have people do that is I would say you start off with one uh, tablet about midway through your meal or one capsule, depending on what you have. Um, and you'll take that and see if you feel any, if you get like a warming sensation in your chest, um, it almost kind of starts to feel like heartburn. Um, if mm. you don't get that sensation, then you would take another one. And then you would wait a little while and then you would take another one. When you get that warming sensation, you know that you've hit the threshold. You know then that you have enough hydrochloric acid um, and that is all you need. You back it down one from whatever that threshold number was. And then that's what you take every time you eat any meal that has protein. And so hmm. you would continue to do that until that number. So let's say you're on five of five of the hydrochloric acid pills, then you would do that. And then maybe a week later, you're like, wow, now every time I do that, I started, I'm starting to feel kind of that warming sensation in my stomach or my chest, my abdomen. So I need to, um, I'm going to back that down. Now I'm just going to take four. And then you do it until you start getting that feeling with four. And then the goal is, is that eventually you would start getting that feeling with one and then you know you're done. Um, because your body will build up its own production of hydrochloric acid again. Mm -hmm. So that's um, typically how we would do it. But like I told you in the beginning, I will send you um, information on how you can actually wean your body off of the uh, acid blocker and then okay. be able to start helping it to produce the correct amount of hydrochloric acid again. Um, and that should help you tremendously with any kind of digestive distress as well. Cool. All right. That's awesome. So, um, do you have any other uh, questions or anything else you want to say before we go? Um, I don't think so. This has been very eye-opening. So I thank you for your time. This was awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you so much for sending in the email. And I really appreciate you being willing to come on. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. And, uh, air your dirty laundry for all of the uh, keto lifestyle uh, listeners here to chime in on. <laughs> Absolutely. That's funny. Yeah. So it's been great. Thank you so much, Melanie. And, um, Hey listeners, if you enjoyed this podcast, let me know. And if you would like to send any, like I always say, send me your questions, your comments. I love to answer them on the podcast. And then who knows, maybe, uh, maybe I'll respond back and see if you want to come on. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks again, Melanie. It was great having you on here. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Keto Lifestyle Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed what we shared with you today and are looking forward to the next episode.